Good evening, everyone, and welcome to DraftSite.com, our 10th podcast. I am DJ Boyer. I am the only one here this evening. You're going to have me and only me. Tonight, we're going to talk a little bit about the NFL and, of course, the playoffs, which are starting. But the big news and what we've got for you in store, we've got a full seven-round mock draft. Try and find me one site anywhere on the web that's actually got a seven-round mock draft this early before the start of the year. We're still in 2014, and we have a seven-round 2015 mock draft for you. We're only 126 days away. Again, not that I'm counting. Rough guess. What we've also done is we've mirrored the amount of compensatory picks, so we're not quite sure if that's where they're going to fall. For instance, there were four compensatory picks in the third round last year, picks 97 through 100. We mirrored all the compensatory picks in rounds three through seven to come up with a total of 256 picks. So let's get started. First off, first thing we got to do, of course, is talk about the playoffs. The playoffs are now upon us. And not a, not a lot of surprises. There were, we didn't get the amount of drama that we normally get uh, in other years. For the most part, the uh, the playoff matchups were already decided. It was more or less uh, seeding, uh, which teams were actually going to win the division, which teams were going to be wild cards. Uh, for example, Green Bay and Detroit, we knew that they were playing each other. Both teams were in. Green Bay winning the game. Of course, they win the NFC North. Detroit gets that wild card spot. Same thing happened with the very last game, uh, which was the Sunday night game. Of course, no Monday night game in the last week of the season. The NFL does not want any of the teams that could be playing on Monday night to be, have a uh, playoff game, and it gives them a short week and an unfair advantage to some of the other teams. So the Sunday night game was a AFC North battle. We saw the Pittsburgh Steelers defeat the Cincinnati Bengals 27-17. This gives Pittsburgh <clears throat> the inside track as they actually win the division. Cincinnati gets in with a wild card. But Steeler Nation is holding his breath as far as what the extent of the injury is to Le'Veon Bell. Um, right now, there's really no definitive word other than we've just heard that it is a hyperextension. But uh, I think they do want to do a little bit more, uh, what should I say, some tests and some MRIs. and usually wait about a day or two for swelling to go down. So we're not going to know just how fit he is, how available he's going to be for that game. But uh, nonetheless, the, the Steelers have qualified, and it's, uh, it's going to be an exciting, exciting postseason. Uh, looking at the matchups, of course, in the AFC, we have the same two teams uh, that actually had the buys last year. Only difference now is it's just kind of reversed. Uh, last year, we had the Broncos going into the top seed, home field throughout, with the New England Patriots being the second seed. This year, those same two teams get the bye just in reverse order. New England now enjoys home field advantage, and we know what that could mean in Bruce, uh, Bill Belichick and Tom Brady's career record against Peyton Manning. In the NFC, uh, more of the same. The Seattle Seahawks, who at one time, uh, maybe you know, five, six, seven weeks into the season, a lot of people were talking about, were they going to make the playoffs again? Was this a Super Bowl letdown? Uh, you had Arizona playing really well. Of course, uh, the San Francisco 49ers being the three consecutive NFC championship games. Seattle kind of stumbled out of the gate. They got it together, probably played the most consistent football in the NFL down the stretch. They are the NFC uh, champs, uh, home field throughout. The Green Bay Packers with that win over Detroit. 
not only gives them division but gives them the second seed, uh, they will enjoy a buy as well. So looking at the games, um, on Saturday, your 430 game is going to be the Arizona Cardinals against the Carolina Panthers. The Panthers get in with a record of 7-8-1, but they did win uh, the last three games, played well down the stretch. Maybe they're able to do some damage. Cam Newton is is actually looking healthy now. Uh, Derek Anderson did come in, get that win against Tampa Bay after Cam Newton suffered that that car accident. As a matter of fact, kind of a the way the season played out are a little bit weird. Derek Anderson, 2-0 for the Panthers. Incidentally, both games that they played the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who we'll be talking about at length a little bit later because they will have the top pick in the 2015 NFL Draft. And the Cardinals looking to get Drew Stanton back, their number two quarterback. They've had their, their top quarterback, Carson Palmer, go down about midway through the season. Um We've seen a couple of other injuries. Ryan Lindley and Logan Thomas have now been kind of battling it out. Um, just, just kind of a sad state of affairs, especially since uh, the Cardinals have played so well defensively. Colias Campbell, to me, one of the most underrated defensive players in the entire league. And then uh, our second game on Saturday, we get an interdivision game. We get the Baltimore Ravens against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Steelers right now, my pick for the AFC to actually go to the title game, to actually go to the Super Bowl. Ravens, of course, these are two teams that know each other well. They play each other two times every year. It's always proves to be a slugfest. This is going to be a, a very interesting game. The Ravens had to get some help to get there uh, with, with Kansas City defeating San Diego. San Diego had the inside track on the Ravens. Ravens get a little bit of help. They qualify for the postseason. Sunday, your first game, the Bengals and the Colts. Bengals actually get in there with that uh, win in the second last week of the season. They were a team that I thought, uh, you know, uh, me and Zach were pretty critical last week. After that Monday night win, we we thought this was a team that was going to lose a pair down the stretch and possibly not even make the playoffs. But the Bengals made us look bad. Um, They were in that game, unfortunately, with that late fumble by A.J. Green. Uh, If not for that, they were driving. They were about 30, 30 yards away from potentially taking the lead, getting into field goal range, possibly tying that game. Uh, but that gave the Steelers the ball. They got the the long touchdown to put things away, win 27-17. The Bengals will play the Colts, and the Colts just absolutely walloped them a few weeks back. So uh, we'll see if Andrew Luck is able to get another postseason victory. Detroit Lions and the Dallas Cowboys, maybe the most intriguing matchup in the first round, uh, maybe other than the Ravens-Steelers. I, I really like that matchup. It's one of the best rivalries we have in the NFL. And the Lions are going to have to do it without the services of Indomitian and Sue. I was going to say this could have been his last game in a Lion uniform, but if it's if it, that's the case, he's not going to be suiting up for stepping on the leg of Aaron Rodgers. Uh, the league has deemed that to be a intentional play, especially with that second step that he took and kind of pushing off on Rodgers' leg. Uh, Sue looks to be a player that Detroit is probably not going to be able to afford with their salary cap and with the contract that he will more than likely demand. So if you're going to see uh, Dominick and Sue in another, uh, another game in a line uniform, it could be uh, them having to beat the Cowboys, which I really think if any team is able to unseat the Seattle Seahawks in the NFC, it's going to be the Cowboys. They've got it going right now with Tony Romo. He's playing some of the best football we've seen him play. The balance is there on offense with DeMarco Murray. Des Bryant is one of the most, if not the most dominant receiver in the NFC and the entire NFL. So the Cowboys are a team to look out for. But you heard it here first. My pick was Steelers against Seahawks. That would be a rematch of a 
Oh, Super Bowl we saw about uh, eight or nine years ago, uh, the one in Detroit where Jerome Bettis was able to go home and get the Steelers at victory, a game that was has been known uh, for some of the poor officiating as well, but I really don't think it would have affected the outcome, maybe make it a little bit closer. The Matt Hasselback led Seahawks coming up just short. What we're going to have tonight is uh, we're really going to dive into this, and, and we're just going to do a full mock draft, probably um, uh, something you're not going to hear a lot of places, if, if anywhere, per se. But uh, really what we're going to do here is, is with this, uh, we, we do know that the first uh, 20 picks are set in stone. Picks 21 through 32 will, of course, be set uh, with the playoff teams. Right now we're using – uh, the top two teams in the AFC and NFC as the Super Bowl representatives. So for this case, we will have uh, the New England Patriots picking at 31, the defending champions picking at 32 in Seattle, and of course the, the rest of the playoff teams being 21 through 30. And there are no coin flips. Uh, I think that's only the second time in the last seven years that has happened. Coin flip, coin flip for when when teams have identical records, they go by opposing winning percentages. If any of those teams are tied, it's simply a coin flip to decide who actually gets to pick in front of the other. And we've seen coin flips be big a couple of, uh, well, more than a couple of years ago, over 10 years ago. There was a coin flip between the Giants and Titans, which the Giants won. They uh, Actually, the Giants lost. The Titans won it, but the Giants wanted Jeremy Shockey so bad, they actually ended up trading one position in order to secure his services. Had they won that coin flip, they would not have had to do it. And a little tidbit before we get started, only once in NFL history has the top pick been decided by a coin flip. And just think if the coin flip had went the other way. 1970, Bears and Steelers. Steelers win the coin flip. They select Terry Bradshaw. Four Super Bowls follow. Imagine if the Steelers had lost that coin flip. Uh, the, the Bears actually ended up trading the pick. The, the, in their division, the Packers actually wound up with the second pick. Um, but, uh, again, just a coin flip away from Terry Bradshaw actually being a bear. That is who they had targeted as well. It was kind of well known that both teams were going after the same player. And fortunately for the Steelers, um, who were known as lovable losers for years, they get their first four Super Bowls, and they've rolled to a couple more since. So we're going to jump right in. Um, we're just going to do this like the NFL draft, kind of announcing things. With the top pick, we've got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They are the number one uh, – with the number one pick, Tampa Bay would select Jameis Winston from Florida State. Now, Jameis Winston is yet to declare officially, but all signs are pointing him to actually being uh, – declaring he is a draft-eligible sophomore. And staying with that quarterback role, Marcus Mariota, quarterback from Oregon, our Heisman Trophy winner, was all but said that he will go pro as well. He'll go to the Tennessee Titans at number two. And these, these two are actually not only going one-two in this draft, but they will face each other in the college playoff as uh, the second and third seeds, uh, Oregon against the number three seed, the defending champs, Florida State. With third pick, the Jacksonville Jaguars would select Leonard Williams, defensive tackle USC, the player who I think is the best and the most talented player in this draft, also a junior who will have to declare he has all but said that he will actually uh, be, be in this draft class, a guy who can play defensive tackle and defensive end, Maybe Jacksonville looks for more of a pure pass rusher, but I think the versatility of Williams and what they can do with him, he's just so dominant, they, they don't uh, stray. 
Oakland would pick at number four. If Jacksonville stays away from Leonard Williams, two players I think they would target would be the guy who I have at number four here, Shane Ray, the linebacker out of Missouri, or even Randy Gregory, the defensive end slash linebacker out of Nebraska. But uh, Shane Ray, we've actually got as the uh, the fourth pick going to Oakland. Fifth pick, Washington Redskins select. Brandon Scherf, offensive tackle from Iowa. Pair him up with Trent Williams, their Pro Bowl tackle, uh, giving Washington the, the benefit of getting that strong running game and whoever the next quarterback's going to be because we're not sold that it's RG3. Sixth pick, another Heisman Trophy finalist, Amari Cooper going to the New York Jets. Well documented. The Jets need just about everything on offense. Why not take Cooper, the man who has asserted himself as the top wide receiver in this draft? At number seven, the Chicago Bears would take, also from Alabama, Landon Collins, the safety. And a safety going in the top ten, something we don't see too often. But Chicago has got a major, major need in the secondary, and Landon Collins is worlds ahead of any other safety in this class. Eight to pick, the Atlanta Falcons. Randy Gregory, that player I talked about uh, being in the same mold as Shane Ray, defensive end from Nebraska. But with some of these, uh, it's kind of more of a guess because the, the team that I just said at number seven, Chicago, Atlanta at number eight, of course, both let go of their head coaches today. So we're ultimately going to have to see whether some of the, the new hires and what the, the coaches are actually going to say about the direction of the team. But right now we've got Atlanta pegged for Randy Gregory. At nine, the New York Giants, Andrews Pete, the offensive tackle from Stanford. Ten, rounding out the top ten, St. Louis taking Trey Waynes, the corner from Michigan State. At 11, Minnesota, Melvin Gordon, running back from Wisconsin. We're thinking there's uh, some complications with Adrian Peterson coming back. It's a very, very good chance we may not see him in a Viking uniform any longer. That's obviously the thinking with a pick like Melvin Gordon at 11. At 12, we've got Zach Thompson, the linebacker from Washington, going to the Cleveland Browns. The Browns being the only team that has two first-round picks. They actually obtained a first-round pick from Buffalo. Buffalo trading with them last year in order to get Sammy Watkins, the wide receiver from Clemson. So Cleveland's actually picking at 12 and 19. 19 is Buffalo's spot. 13, New Orleans takes Dick Beasley, the linebacker from Clemson. I think it's a little lower. Had he come out last year, he could have been a top-five pick. But still a pretty solid year. We have him at 13th. Miami taking Todd Gurley, the running back from Georgia, who has declared, uh, even though he has the ACL injury, uh, should be fully cleared uh, for for contact and able to participate in the season, hopefully the whole season for the Dolphins. 15, another man who has declared Jalen Strong, wide receiver from Arizona State. San Francisco is very, very old at the wide receiver position. Michael Crabtree could be walking as well. 16, top defensive tackle off the board. Danny Shelton from the University of Washington going to Houston. Put him with a player like J.J. Watt, kind of clogged up that middle. Good pick for the Texans. Leo Collins, the offensive tackle from LSU, going 17 to San Diego. You have Devontae Parker, wide receiver from Louisville, going to the Kansas City Chiefs, a team that is devoid of throwing any touchdowns to their wide receivers. Again, 19, Cleveland, they have the Buffalo pick. We have Shaq Thompson, and we have Cedric Ogbuehi, the offensive tackle from Texas A&M, who at one time actually thought that he had a shot at being top overall pick in this draft. Struggled a bit this season, but Texas A&M has cranked out some very good linemen in past years, and they – I think Cleveland jumps all over this. They go a little more in potential, maybe uh, looking at some film from a couple of uh, the past couple of seasons. This year, again, there were some times that he struggled at left tackle. P. 
P.J. Williams at number 20 going to the last team or the best team not going to make the playoffs, the Philadelphia Eagles, well-documented about their problems in the secondary. P.J. Williams from Florida State. Our playoff team started 21 with Carolina. Ty Sombrero, the offensive tackle from Colorado State. Kevin White, the wide receiver from West Virginia, has vaulted all the way in the first round, going to Baltimore, number 22. Steve Smith is 35, 36 years old. Torrey Smith, um, He's in a contract year. Oh, the feeling there is I uh, don't think that the, the Ravens are going to get anything done long-term. looks like they could uh, actually get a one-year deal on him and franchise him and keep him for one more season. And based upon how he actually produces next year, is ultimately going to decide whether uh, Torrey Smith is with that, that club long-term. The Leakway Calhoun, the defensive end for Michigan State, going to Cincinnati at number 23. Number 24, Gerard Holloman, the man who broke just about every interception record this year at Louisville, draft-eligible sophomore. He goes to the Steelers at 24. 25, the Indianapolis Colts. Eddie Goldman, defensive tackle from Florida State. Staying with defensive tackles, Detroit at 26. Michael Bennett from Ohio State again. Nick Fairley and some of the injury problems he's had. And Dominican Sue, is he coming back? Detroit may have to load back up in the middle. 27, the Arizona Cardinals, Devin Funchess. I've got him listed as a tight end. He has played receiver for about the last year and a half, a big six foot five, 235-pound target. Uh, a guy you can split out, a guy that can play some tight end, something that Arizona would be looking for. Alvin Dupree, the defensive end from Kentucky, going 28th overall to Dallas. Cameron Irving, the offensive tackle, Florida State, going 29 to Green Bay. He's shown his versatility. He's played guard and even finished the year at center, so you can put him just about anywhere on the line. Eric Kendricks, inside linebacker from UCLA, going to Denver at number 30, the brother of the Eagles, Michael Kendricks. Michael Kendricks was actually the Pac-10 Defensive Player of the Year of the year. He came out from California. Brother Eric has done just as well at UCLA. 31 and 32, we're going to end with a, a pair of players from Baylor. Spencer Drongo, the offensive tackle, going to the uh, New England Patriots. At 31, and then the big six foot eight, 280 pound beast, Thon Oakman, defensive end, going to Seattle to round out the first round. Give a minute to catch your breath as we go to round two. And we'll make this a lot quicker, obviously. Uh, Tampa Bay at 33, Dante Fowler Jr., defensive end from Florida. 34, Tennessee, Menardrick McKinney, linebacker, Mississippi State. 35, Jacksonville, Kevin Coleman, running back from Indiana, the other 2,000-yard rusher in the Big Ten. 36, Oakland, Trey Jackson, the top guard off the board here from Florida State. Incidentally, if he's not the top guard, it could be by Matthias, his, actually his teammate, uh, the other uh, offensive guard from Florida State, who looked to be a very, very high selection. We have Washington reaching for the third quarterback at 37, Brett Hundley from UCLA. And there's a very big roster bonus that would be due for Robert Griffin in his final year. So there's going to have to be some restructuring going on. We don't think Washington's going to want to pay him in the 16 to $19 million mark for the upcoming season, which is what they would have to do if he gets his roster bonus as per his rookie deal. 38, the New York Jets, E.J. Yeldon, the running back from Alabama. Didn't have the stats that he had in years past, but again, he was splitting a lot of time with Derrick Henry was very effective for the Crimson Tide as well. Marcus Peters from the University of Washington 
at one time thought to be possibly the best corner in this draft. He was actually dismissed from the team later in the season, but he's just got so much uh, promise, and a lot of teams really like the physicality there. He's, he's not going to go past the second round. We've got Marcus Golden, defensive end from Missouri, going to Atlanta at 40. 41, Arik Armstead, the defensive tackle from Oregon, going to the New York Giants. Nick O'Leary, tight end from Florida State, going to St. Louis at 42. 43, a player that's on the rise and I like a lot. Tyler Davis, defensive tackle from Fresno State, going to the Minnesota Vikings. Wilai Kakaha, who actually led the NCAA in sacks. A defensive end at the NCAA level projects as a linebacker uh, at the next level. Cleveland Browns looking for that uh, more, of that, more of that consistent pass rush, something they've got flashes of from a Barkevius Mingo, who they took a couple of years ago from LSU, looking for a couple of players, again, to give Cleveland a little more stability and have that consistent pass rush. Arik Flowers, there's some question of uh, the offensive tackle from Miami. Is he going to declare or not? If he does, the six foot five, 315-pounder we've got going to New Orleans. 46, Miami. Makes a player from the University of Miami, Denzel Perryman. Outside linebacker. He's actually a guy that we can see playing outside or inside. Has the versatility to get uh, sideline to sideline with just about any linebacker in this draft and is a tackling machine. At 47, we have the first center off the board, Ron Siskrasu from Oregon, going to the San Francisco 49ers. Deron Smith, safety from Fresno State at 48, going to Houston. 49, staying with the U here, Clive Walford, tight end from the uh, University of Miami. Had a late-season injury, but it's not going to hurt him too much. Didn't uh, affect his, his stock too too much. Don't see him going past the third round, but we have him in round two here to San Diego. Ty Montgomery, the wide receiver from Stanford, going 50th overall to Kansas City. He offers some returnability as well with, as, a, as a receiver. Kansas City going receiver with the top two picks. Buffalo finally gets their first pick at 51. They go Rashad Green, the wide receiver from Florida State. Philadelphia Eagles, A.J. Tan, the offensive guard from South Carolina. Looks like a possible replacement for Todd Harriman, who's currently the longest-tenured Philadelphia Eagle. 53, Carolina, Duke Johnson, again, the fourth University of Miami player in the second round. He's already declared the running back who had over 1,600 yards for the Canes. Going to Carolina, where it looks like D'Angelo Williams is is probably a cap casualty this year, and, and Jonathan Williams has been banged up so much. We think it's about time for some fresh blood running the football there for Carolina. Jalen Collins, who's also declared the cornerback from LSU, going to the Ravens at 54. 55, T.J. Clemmings, University of, Cincinnati, or University of Pittsburgh going to Cincinnati. Pittsburgh stays in the secondary with another pick. Ronald Darby, corner from Florida State. At 57, another man who's declared running back Mike Davis from South Carolina. At 58, we've got another running back, Amir Abdullah from the University of Nebraska, who at one time was looking like a possible Heisman finalist. Carl Davis, the big 315-pound nose guard-type tackle from the University of Iowa going to Arizona. Quinton Rollins, 60th pick overall going to Dallas. This is a guy who's been flying up boards. He's a possibility to maybe even go into the first round. It's hard to find a player rising as fast as he is right now. Corner from Miami of Ohio. Stands right around six feet tall, a little over 200 pounds, about 205, 206. At 61, A.J. Johnson. Now, there's been some uh, legal issues with him. Thought of as a one-time first-round pick. Could fall as, as far as round four or five, but I've got him in the later stages of round two. 
really would fit in with a team like Green Bay. It just looks like uh, there's just too much upside there to pass up. Reese Dismukas, Dismukes, I'm sorry, the offensive center from the University of Auburn going to Denver. We have another Auburn player, Sammy Coates, who has declared wide receiver going to New England. A little bit of worry about a bust here. He, he kind of a, is very reminiscent of Stephen Hill, who did not pan out for the Jets. Uh, not a lot of route running ability, but a guy that can flat out fly. So if they're they're able to work on some routes, but again, but again, New England just needs some more threats down the field. He could be asked to, to play a very limited big play role. That's a team where he would fit in. Nelson Agholar, the wide receiver from USC, another great return man, going to Seattle at number 64 to end the second round. We're going to round three. Strap yourselves in. We're going to start getting to some some players who will recognize. We're going to start getting maybe a few of those uh, those players from those small schools. Something that I specialize in, having done this with the NFL since year 2000. 65, Tampa Bay. Alex Carter in the corner from Stanford. 66, Tennessee. Anthony Harris, safety from Virginia. 67, Jacksonville. Jordan Jenkins, a guy who's been on the fence, whether he's coming out or not. The linebacker from Georgia. His stock has taken a hit. It's no longer seen as a first-rounder. Could be going back to Georgia, but if he comes out, looks like an early third-round pick. Another corner I really like at 68, Kevin Johnson, the cornerback from Wake Forest, not the former point guard and now mayor from the uh, Phoenix Suns of basketball. 69, Lorenzo Doss, kind of an undersized corner to Lane, but big playability, really plays well uh, in the air. He might uh, measure just a, a hair under 5'10", but you wouldn't know it watching him on film. Great aerial skills. We have him going to Washington. 70th pick overall. He is my top small school prospect. Also the first one I have off the board uh, for to be a small school prospect, anyone outside of the FBS realm. Zach Hodges, the linebacker from Harvard. That's right. You heard me right. Harvard. It's not just Ryan Fitzpatrick there. 6'2", 235. Zach Hodges going to the Jets with a 70th pick. 71, Chicago, there's been drama about that quarterback position. Why not bring one in? Bryce Petty from Baylor at 71, going to the Bears. Stephon Diggs, another guy with first-round talent. Some of his off-the-field antics is kind of land, will land him a little bit lower from the University of Maryland, if he does declare. 73, we've got the New York Giants with Cody Pruitt, the safety from Mississippi. At 74, St. Louis, another team in the market for a quarterback. A man that it's been well documented that uh, maybe I got a little bit of a man crush on this guy, but I really like him. Shane Carden, the quarterback from East Carolina, going to St. Louis at 74. 75, we've got Minnesota with Josh Harper, the wide receiver from Fresno State. Josu Matias, the guy we talked about from Florida State, the other offensive guard, going to the Cleveland Browns, really building that offensive line. We saw. Um, the fact that they really were not able to run the ball as effectively and consistency once Alex Mack went down at that center position. It was one of the injuries we saw this year that I don't think got enough play, and people really didn't realize the severity, but the Browns were really rolling before that Alex Mack injury. Is he the only reason why they struggled down the stretch? Obviously not. We saw the inconsistency with Brian Hoyer, who the wheels kind of fell off. We saw Johnny Football not being ready for the NFL level. But you have to say that Alex Mack and his absence was responsible a little bit. I'd say even more than a little bit. It's not all in the quarterbacks. That, that played a big role in the struggles of the Browns down the stretch. 77, the New Orleans Saints with Mario Edwards Jr., the defensive end from Florida State. Tyrus Thompson, the offensive tackle from Oklahoma, 
going to Miami. At 79, Lakin Tomlinson, the offensive guard from Duke, going to the 49ers. At 80, Houston Texans select LaRaven Clark, offensive tackle from Texas Tech, if he declares. 81, San Diego, Nate Orchard, defensive end from Utah. Looks like he could play that outside linebacker position for San Diego. He was second uh, in sacks in the NCAA this year. Kansas City takes Cody Riggs, the corner from Notre Dame, at number 82. 83, Buffalo, Trey Flowers, the defensive end from Arkansas. Philadelphia, always looking for some targets. Tyler Lockett, wide receiver from Kansas State, also one of the better return men. And we, we know what, what uh, Philadelphia has done on special teams this year, uh, blocking punts. Uh, Darren Sproles has been uh, dangerous. Chris Polk and Josh Huff have actually had kickoff returns for touchdowns. So Philadelphia really takes a lot of pride uh, in players that have that kind of that dual threat capability and someone that can return the ball. Tyler Lockett, one of the five best return men at the NCAA, and he's done it for a number of years. Tony Lippett, wide receiver from Michigan State, really came on this year, going to Carolina. Uh, they, they still need a few more receiving targets. 86, Baltimore, Jay Ajayi, who has also said that he will, he has declared the running back from Boise State. He's very good catching the ball. We like Justin Forsett there, but he struggled a bit down the stretch, and you think Baltimore, they, they kind of like that power running game. J.I.'s got some pretty good size there, uh, 5'10", 225. Another small schooler going 87 to Cincinnati, Kersky Tart, the safety from Stanford. That's Samford University. I didn't say Stanford. I said Samford. Very good uh, uh, player outside the main schools that we see there. Isu Ekpreolamu, his injury for Oregon uh, has been well documented. The fact that he tore his ACL late, it's going to take him from the first round. We see a team taking a, a flyer on him later in the third or probably fourth rounds. Here, Pittsburgh, they already have two players in the secondary. Why not take a third? Someone that they would have the luxury on sitting on and kind of waiting a little bit. Alamu would be a great pick for the Steelers at 88. 89, Daryl Williams, offensive tackle from Oklahoma. Wayne Lyons, the corner from Stanford, goes to Detroit at 90. Eric LaFeld, offensive tackle from Cincinnati, goes to Arizona at 91. 92, Jordan Richards, safety from Stanford. 93, Green Bay, Grady Jarrett, the defensive tackle from Clemson. 94, Shane Hickey, sorry, Sean Hickey, the offensive tackle from Syracuse. Noah Spence, defensive end from Ohio State, uh, had the benefit of playing a side of a uh, on the other side, Joey Bosa, who was the Big Ten Player of the Year, uh, one of the better defensive players uh, at the NCAA level, but is only a sophomore. So uh, Spence will actually, uh, if he comes out, he is a junior. And we have Cedric Reed, the defensive end from Texas, who I think had a very, very good year. Texas not uh, really kind of struggled early on in middle of the middle of the season. They kind of came on late, and, and the play in the middle, Malcolm Brown should be a, a very good pick at defensive tackle next year possibly even a second or third rounder if he declares this year. But a lot of people expect him to go back and possibly be the first defensive tackle off the board for next year. Now, again, picks 97 through 100. I have four picks here that are just compensatory picks. I had to fill them in with players. We don't have teams associated with them because at this time, we don't know how many compensatory picks. We don't know what those teams will be. So just fill this in again using last year's compensatory picks to make this as realistic as possible. We have Curtis Drummond, the safety from Michigan State at 98. Harold Eli, the linebacker from Virginia, who has declared. Mickey Balkus, the offensive tackle from Arizona at 99. He's 6'8". He's got a guy like a guy with that size. And DeJohn Smith, 
the corner from Florida Atlantic as the 100th selection in the third round. Oh, we're only halfway through. Not even halfway through. We're in the fourth round, and we're just going to keep this rolling. Ben, ben Quez Golson, Ole Miss. I actually had him as the SEC Defensive Player of the Year going 101. New England has the pick here from Tampa Bay. Justin Hardy, King Carden's main target uh, from East Carolina going to Tennessee at 102. Lorenzo Molden, I have him falling a bit here. Some people see him as a possible first-round pick. Many, many think in the second round. I've got him here at the top of round four. Linebacker from Louisville going to Jacksonville. Again, that hybrid position, plays defensive end at Louisville, looks to be outside linebacker at the NFL level. Corey Robinson from South Carolina going to Oakland at 104. Um, He's a little help with his footwork, but he really improved this year, and he is 6'7", 345, so you got to like the size. Small schooler Daniel Fitzpatrick, the safety from Tennessee State, who uh, for part of the season actually had as the top small schooler on the board, goes to Washington at 105. Uh, so they have a pair of safeties there with Daniel Fitzpatrick and Landon Collins. Jarvis Harrison, the offensive guard from Texas A&M at 106. Rameek Wilson, linebacker from Georgia at 107 to Chicago. At 108, Atlanta selects E.J. Bibbs, tight end from Iowa State. 109, the Giants, Dorn Grant, the corner from Ohio State. 110, Tampa Bay, Jake Fisher, the offensive tackle from Oregon. 111, Cam Thomas of Western Kentucky, corner going to the Minnesota Vikings. At 112, Cleveland, needs a few more receiving weapons. Antoine Goodley, wide receiver from Baylor. Charles Gaines, if he declares, at 113. Going to the New Orleans Saints. At 114, we have Miami with, uh, oh, we, we always need a little bit of help with this name, Omgabi Agizua, the defensive end from UCLA. Good size at 6'3", 275. Miami really likes defenders that can play the run as well as get after the passer, and that is something that he specializes in. Uh, a trade from Buffalo actually gives the uh, Eagles the pick at 115. This was the Bryce Brown deal last year. They take Darrell Eskridge, the safety from Syracuse, who has declared. He's actually a guy who looks like a third or fourth round pick. We have him in the fourth round here from Syracuse. And we've seen the Eagles take some guys from Syracuse before and it pan out, a.k.a. Donovan McNabb. 116, Houston, Ari Kuindijo, uh Cyrus's brother, who actually went uh, in the previous year, was a, a first round pick. Ari Kuindijo, the guard from Alabama going to Houston. Cody Whitehair, speaking of guards, another one off the board from Kansas State going to San Diego. The Darius Smith, defensive end from Kentucky. I really like this guy. Unfortunately, with Alvin Dupree there, the first rounder we had going to Dallas, it takes a little bit of luster off Smith. But I think uh, Smith is a pretty good player, and sometimes Dupree benefits from having another very good defensive end there. So I think uh, Dupree is going to be a little more the benefactor, probably pushes him into the first round. But don't sleep on Darius Smith. Don't think the NFL teams don't know that there's another very good defensive end in Kentucky on the other side of him. Deontay Greenberry, the wide receiver from Houston, actually lands with Cleveland at 119, another pick that they actually obtained at the Sammy Watkins heel. Philadelphia at 120, D.K. Humphreys, the offensive tackle from Florida, if he declares. Rory Anderson, tight end from South Carolina, uh, with Carolina at 121. Austin Shepard, offensive tackle, Alabama, going to the Ravens. 123 is Cincinnati with Byron Jones, the corner from Connecticut. Big, big corner who's had some injury problems. Ben Koyak, the tight end from Notre Dame, going to Pittsburgh at 124, the possible Heath Miller replacement. Quandre Diggs, very good corner from Texas, going to Indianapolis at 125. 
126, Amarlo Herrera, another very good linebacker from Georgia going to Detroit. Another small schooler, Arizona, we've seen them have uh, injury problems at quarterback and also at running back. David Johnson, the running back from Northern Iowa, we've seen him have some very big games against uh, FBS competition. Don't let the fact that he went to Northern Iowa scare you. He had some pretty good games, and just remember, Kurt Warner went to Northern Iowa. It's not like they don't have good prospects. Dallas with Gabe Wright, defensive tackle from Auburn at 128. Philip Dorsett, wide receiver from the U, going to Green Bay at 129. San Francisco has the pick at 130. That was a trade they made with Denver. They take Hayes Pollard, the linebacker from USC. Carlos Williams, the running back from Florida State, going to New England at 131. Andy Gallick, the center from Boston College, going to Seattle at 132. We've seen them have some problems, some injury problems with Max Unger this year. Getting another body uh, in the middle of the line would be a good thing for Seattle. Here we've got the compensatory picks for round four. Jalston Fowler, the fullback from Alabama at 133. Louis Trinkup, the the defensive tackle from Iowa at 134, plays alongside of Carl Davis, who we had in the second round. B.J. Finney, the center from Kansas State at 135. Small schooler Lyndon Trail uh, from Norfolk State at 136. Big, big guy at 6'6", 260, but he could be a linebacker as well. Um, depends on the team that takes him, but uh, he could be a defensive end or a linebacker. like the versatility there. Eric Rowe, the safety from Utah at 137. Cameron Artis Payne, running back from Auburn at 138. Steve Nelson, corner from Oregon State at 139. And rounding out the fourth round, Travis Rossidi, defensive tackle, San Jose State at 140. Moving right along, we are into the fifth round. And again, really got to dig deep into your draft, your draft books now, ladies and gentlemen. Buffalo has the pick at the top of round five. Jeff Howerman, the tight end from uh, Ohio State. Another nor- Northern Iowa player going 142. Jack Rummels, the offensive tackle. I actually have him rated as the top offensive tackle um, in the small school uh, rankings. But a uh, couple of players who other teams might take first, but I think Rummels is the best. Staying with the small schoolers. I think is the best small school receiver, R.J. Harris from the University of New Hampshire, going to Jacksonville at 143. New Hampshire, a couple of NFL players, and, of course, that's where Chip Kelly started his coaching career. 144, Jamison Crowder, wide receiver slash return man from Duke, going to the Raiders. Damian Swan, the corner from Georgia, at 145 to Washington. Michael Pruitt, tight end from Southern Illinois. This guy is the about 6'2", 6'3", 250 pounds, could play – Really play that H-back role really well at the NFL level. They have him going to the Jets at 146. Tucky Hunter, defensive tackle from TCU, is going to Denver. 148, Tony Washington, linebacker from Oregon. 149, the Giants, they take fullback Zach Zenner from South Dakota State. They're thinking Zach Zenner, fullback, 5'11", 225. Smallish guy, that's because he's a running back at South Dakota State, but doesn't have that blazing speed. But at South Dakota State, this is a guy that ran for 2,000 yards, not once not twice, but three years in a row. You don't think NFL teams have him on the radar? Looks like a fifth or seventh round pick. I'm going a little bit early here, going to the Giants at 149. Kenny Bell at 150, St. Louis Rams, take him from the University of Nebraska. And I have said his draft stock could push him even higher because, to me, best blocking wide receiver in this draft, a team like St. Louis who runs the ball, a lot of spread formations, or really – they could draft him based more on his blocking ability than the actual fat, uh, actual receiving ability and catching the ball as a wide receiver. 
Minnesota Devin Smith, the wide receiver from Ohio State at 151. Brandon Vitabile, the center from Northwestern at 152. Blake Bell, tight end from Oklahoma, going to New Orleans. Why not? They got Jimmy Graham that they converted into a tight end. Blake Bell was a tight end for his last year. Again, the belldozer, the guy was the uh, quarterback at the University of Oklahoma for his first three years, 6'5", 255. Have him as a tight end slash, you know, maybe they, maybe they do some uh, some trick plays with him as well. We got him going to New Orleans. Ronald Martin, safety from LSU at 154. Nick Waters, 155, quarterback Kansas State, going to San Francisco. Maybe uh, someone to push Colin Kaepernick a little bit. I really, really saw his draft stock go up in the last few years. Corey Crawford, defensive end from Clemson, going 156 to Houston. Ibrahim Campbell, safety from Northwestern, going to San Diego at 157. Ali Marpet from Hobart College. You heard that right, Hobart College, the guard. Um, played tackle at Hobart, but really see him as a guard at the NFL level, going to the Chiefs. 159, Buffalo with Jeremy Lankford, the running back from Michigan State. The Eagles do take that quarterback at 160, Brian Bennett. No, don't buy into the fact that they're going to be trading up for Marcus Mariota. It's going to be nearly impossible what they'd have to give up. But remember, Brian Bennett, Southeast Louisiana, where did he start his career? That's right, University of Oregon. He was actually the starter ahead of Marcus Mariota before uh, injuries kind of derailed him. Mariota came in. The rest is history. He was the higher recruit. Mariota was only a three-star recruit. So Brian Bennett knows Chip Kelly, knows the system. This is the guy that can run the ball. 6'2", 215. Doesn't have the great size like a Nick Foles, but he's not a small guy either. So Brian Bennett going to the Eagles at 160. Deontay Saunders, Tennessee State, the corner, uh, going to Carolina. Junior Salt, offensive guard from Utah. Uh, play, played a little more tackle at Utah, but it's 6'2", probably a little more suited for guard at the NFL level, Tampa Bay. Bryce Hager, linebacker from Baylor, 163 to Cincinnati. 164, Jake Ryan, the linebacker from Michigan. 165, Vince Mayo, the wide receiver from Washington State, had over 100 pass catches this year. Austin Hill, wide receiver from Arizona, going to Detroit at 166. Sean Mannion, we see the Cardinals taking a quarterback. Oregon State signal caller, 6'5", good size there. Not going to be able to do it forever is Carson Palmer, and just what is his health going to be after that knee injury that he suffered this year. Dallas takes another small schooler, Nick Boyle, the tight end from Delaware. Ty Smith, it could be the top corner uh, out of the uh, main college ranks. Towson University going to Green Bay. Towson, that's where we saw um, Terrence West. He was a third-rounder and has played a huge dunk for the Cleveland Browns. So uh, Towson, no stranger to putting players at the NFL level. Connor Hamlet, 6'7", 265, tight end going to Denver. Devontae Davis, the wide receiver, going to Tampa at 171. 172, Seattle takes Kevin Parks from Virginia. Running back at 58205, but maybe I'd say maybe one of the two or three best um, catching uh, uh, running backs uh, available in this draft in, in Seattle. Again, sometimes we see Russell Wilson running the ball maybe a little too much. Maybe maybe Seattle looking for uh, a more of an outlet or a guy that can come in on third down and maybe provide a little more uh, receiving ability uh, for the Seahawks. The four compensatory picks we have for this round, David Andrews, the center from Georgia, Preston Smith, defensive end from Mississippi State, Robert Myers, offensive tackle from Tennessee State, and Joey Boo, the defensive tackle from Houston. We have two rounds to go. We're going to get through this, guys. Sixth round. 
and it's taking a little while to come up on my computer here. Sorry about that. Sixth round, we're at pick number 177, C.J. Uzama. He tied in from Auburn, going to New England at 177. Of course, no, no secret, Rob Gronkowski and some of the injury troubles that, that he suffered. The other Kevin White going at 178, not the wide receiver we had in the first round from West Virginia. There's another pretty good Kevin White who's a corner from TCU, and we have him going in the sixth round of Tennessee. Adam Shee, the offensive guard from Oklahoma, going to Jacksonville. David Cobb, the running back from Minnesota, going to Oakland at 180. Desmond Lewis, a big-bodied receiver at 6'4", 210 from Central Arkansas, going to Washington with pick 181. 182, the Jets take a quarterback, Garrett, Garrett Grayson from Colorado State. We had him slipping a little bit in this draft again. I think he may slip a little bit because of the injury history. This is really the only year that he's been healthy for a full season, and he really put up some great numbers for Colorado State. Zach Wegeman, who I think is the top defensive end at the small school level, but we have him in the sixth round here from Montana going to the Bears, and we know the Bears need defensive help. Uh, the two seasons that the Bears have had on defense where they've given up the most yards, they've been the last two. I expect the, the Bears to go heavy. Probably, I think I have all but two picks, actually, on the defensive side of the ball for the Bears. Uh, DeShane Durant, the, uh, the safety from Northern Illinois, we saw Jimmy Ward a very high pick this past year. His teammate here going in round six to Atlanta. Paul Dawson, linebacker from TCU, at 185 to the Giants. He's a guy that kind of came out of nowhere, was the Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year. We have him going to the Giants at 185. Wes Saxton had a very disappointing year for South Alabama as a tight end. Didn't even get into the end zone, but he's shown in years past that he's just a very, very good target. Again, a guy who can be an H-back at the next level. You can line him up in the backfield. David Mayo, linebacker from Texas State, going to Minnesota. Demarius Randall, safety from Arizona State at 188. 189, we've got the New Orleans Saints with Trey McBride, a wide receiver from William & Mary. They've cranked out some pretty good uh, prospects in the past. 190, Josh Shaw going to Miami, the corner from USC. If that name sounds familiar, he's the guy that jumped off that balcony and hurt both of his, his ankles. Had that not happened, you're probably looking at a second or third round pick. Didn't play for most of the year. Of course, there'll be some kind of character questions, but he's too good not to get drafted. We haven't gone to the Dolphins. The Dolphins uh, able to get a steal in the sixth round. DeShazor Everett, corner from Texas A&M, going a 191 to San Francisco. New England, they always seem to obtain extra picks. They're at 192 in a trade from Houston. They get Brett Boyko, offensive tackle from UNLV. Rob Havenstein, 6'7", 330, big offensive tackle, going to San Diego um, at uh, – 193. 194, another very good Sunbelt player, Quashawn Lee, the inside linebacker from Arkansas State. Actually, I've got a little bit of a run. I've got uh, four guys in a row at linebacker that all kind of play the inside. I started a mini run here. 195, A.J. Tarpley from Stanford. 196, Ben Heaney from uh, Kansas going to Philadelphia. And Stephon Anthony, you can play him inside or outside, uh, from Clemson going to Carolina. At 198, we have Charles Tuayo the defensive tackle from Texas A&M Commerce, kind of looking like that nose tackle type uh, anchor, someone that uh, a little more depth for, for Cleveland there, 6'3", uh, 315, him at 198. 199, we have Drez Anderson, wide receiver from Utah. Anderson, wide receiver, that's right, that is the son of Flipper Anderson, 336 yards. I believe he still has the record for most receiving yards in a game at the NFL level. Jamon Brown, offensive tackle from Louisville, 6'5", 350. Maybe have him lose a little bit of weight, improve that footwork, but he had a very solid season for Louisville. We have him as the 200th pick going to Pittsburgh. 
Greg Manx, the uh, center from Toledo, going at 201 to Indianapolis. Anthony Chiquillo, defensive end from the U, University of Miami, going to Detroit. 203, Blake Bernard, corner from Colorado State, good size at 6'1", 185. Baltimore, they get Titus Davis, wide receiver from Central Michigan. 205, Chris, uh, Green Bay takes Christian Lombard, guard from Notre Dame. 206, Marshall, they had the defensive player of the year in their conference, Neville Hewitt, 6'2", 220. He's kind of that tweener guy. Denver had some success with Wesley Woodard there. Now that you can play in the secondary and at linebacker, you have Denver taking Neville Hewitt here. Looks to be still that same type of role. At 207, Derek Lott, defensive tackle, and the second man off the board from Tennessee, Chattanooga, going to uh, New England. And Seattle takes another very good small school prospect, Dean Marlowe from James Madison. Big safety there, 6'1", 205. Your compensatory picks in round six, two in a row from Penn State. C.J. Olignon, the uh, defensive end, and Mike Hall, the linebacker. Gino Grissom, another linebacker from Oklahoma. Shaquille Riddick, linebacker from West Virginia, who played at the, the Mountaineers as a senior, was a uh, player at Garner Webb and a very good uh, prospect at a small school. Went to the bigger school, proved that he could play with the big boys for a senior year. Darius Gunter, another player from the U. Miami with a lot of players drafted this year in this uh, mock at 213. Last two compensatory picks, we have Darius Kilgo, defensive tackle from Maryland, and Shaquille Mason from Georgia Tech. And we have arrived at the seventh and final round. We are ready to go. Again, 256 picks overall. Right now we're at 216. James Castleman, the defensive tackle from Oklahoma State, going to Tampa. Dominic Brown, running back from Louisville. Going to Tennessee, again, one of the better receiving running backs in this draft. Another good small school safety. Uh, that's Safety is probably the premier spot for small schoolers this year, as three of the top six athletes uh, that I have at small schools are actually safeties. This is a guy a little bit farther down the list, originally from UCLA, Kevin McDonald from Eastern Washington going to Jacksonville. At 219, we have Blaze, Blaine Clausell, the offensive tackle from Mississippi State. Brock Hecking, defensive end from Nevada, uh, looks to be that defensive end, offense, outside linebacker, tweener type. Um, very good at uh, deflecting passes, really uh, is kind of the J.J. Watt at the NCAA level. Uh, the Jets with Henry Anderson, a big defensive end, someone who could fit in a number of systems that play that 3-4. We'll see what the Jets are going to do this year with uh, some coaching changes. But Henry Anderson from Stanford, a solid run stuffer who can play the line and you can kind of move all around. The Chicago Bears with Mike McFarland, tight end from South Florida. Atlanta with Julian Wilson, corner from Oklahoma. Another corner going at 224, Saquon Edwards from New Mexico, six foot 195, big playability there for the Giants. Brandon Ivory, as the Falcons are on the board again, defensive tackle from Alabama. Sean Miller, a guard slash center, um, uh, going to Minnesota at 226. Jeremiah Detmer, we had the first kicker off the board. Cleveland, Billy Cundiff, we've seen him run out of town with a couple of teams. Cleveland kind of uh, takes their takes a kicker here at 227. Venrick Mark at 228 going to the New Orleans Saints, if that name sounds familiar. That was the uh, player from Northwestern. Uh, played for a number of years last year, got hurt early in the season, uh, looked to be a Heisman candidate, was going to be suspended for a couple of games for – uh, some violation of team rules. He decides to transfer to West Texas A&M for his senior year. We've actually got him as 228 going to New Orleans. One of the fastest players. He could throw up 
potentially the fastest time at the uh, combine last year was Dre Archer from Kent State. We saw him actually go all the way as a compensatory pick in round three. Gary Lovelock, quarterback from Prairie View A&M. We have him going to Baltimore in the seventh round. Uh, does Baltimore actually get someone behind Joe, Joe Flacco here? Maybe Tyrod Taylor moves along. And Jerry Lovelock uh, played at Prairie View A&M, but he's a Baltimore kid, so someone who comes back home, seventh-round pick there. Cody Wickman, guard from Fresno State, going to Miami. We have a third player from Tennessee Chattanooga, Davis Hall, the linebacker, actually going to Houston. Demetrius Nicholson, a corner from Virginia, had this guy stayed healthy uh, during his NCAA tenure. This is a guy who was easily a second- or third-round pick. We have him going to San Diego. Camille Douglas, offensive guard from Arizona State, going to Kansas City at 233. Justin Coleman, corner from Tennessee, going to Buffalo. Another corner going off the board to Philadelphia. Again, a team that needs some help in the secondary. Bryce Callahan from Rice, uh, 235. Taylor Heineke, the 6'1", quarterback from Old Dominion. This is a guy who can sling it. Actually going to Carolina at 236. Um, not sure if Derek Anderson is going to be back. And, uh, you know, you want someone behind Cam Newton there, a guy that uh, could be a reliable backup. Heineke, not, again, not huge in stature, but he can really throw the best of them. Dallas with a backup running back here, Malcolm Brown, homegrown there from the University of Texas. We have two Utah State players going off the board back-to-back, 238 Zach Vigil. Um, Mountain West Defensive Player of the Year from Utah State going to Cincinnati, and P.J. Larson, their defensive end, going to Pittsburgh at 239. Jermaine Barton, another good small school offensive tackle, going to San Francisco at 240. Kendall Lamb, Appalachian State, another tackle, uh, going to Detroit. He's a little bit smaller in stature, but one of the more nimble and I'd say better tackles in space. Appalachian State was very respectable, actually posted a winning record in their first year. Uh, outside of the FCS level. Ryan Muller, undersized defensive end who really put up good stats at Kansas State. Um, he's going to try and find Elmas, Do- Elmas Doomerville, uh, I'd say, kind of path in the NFL, see if there's really a spot for him, if he can fit in as a linebacker or put on a little bit of weight as a defensive end. We've got him going to Arizona at 242. Thomas Teal, defensive tackle from NC State, going to Dallas. Trayon Durham, fullback from Kent State, going to Green Bay at 244. John Kuhn might be the end of the line for him, might be a little bit too expensive for the Packers for the upcoming season. Tyshone Jarrett, safety from Virginia Tech, all kinds of talent, just has to put it all. Uh, New England takes Shane McDermott, a very good safety. I'm sorry, center. <laughs> Got safeties on the mind here from Miami. And the last pick before the compensatories, we had a kicker. Why not a punter? Seattle's had some problems with John Ryan this year. Possibly the best punter on the board, Kyle Loomis from Portland State. So he's a homegrown product as well. We have him going to Seattle. And we've got our last nine picks as being compensatories. Rob Crisp, the tackle from NC State, uh, going 2-9. Ryan Dallaire, defensive end, and another player from Towson. Taiwan Jones at 250 going to Michigan State. Daniel Quave, offensive guard, Louisiana Lafayette. Cyril Lemon, offensive guard from North Texas. Isaac Williams, the linebacker from Notre Dame at 253. Tyler Luce, offensive tackle from Northern Illinois at 254. 255, Richard Leonard, cornerback from Florida Atlantic, the guy who plays on the other side of Dijon Smith. 5'9", 190, big play guy. And again, I think he benefited from being on that other side where teams kind of uh, wanted to throw away from Smith and, and 
Leonard was able to make some big returns and put up some numbers. And at 256, we're going to end it. The guy that we have is Mr. Irrelevant. Why not have Mr. Irrelevant with a name like Chi-Chi? <laughs> Chi-Chi Araguzo, the linebacker from Northwestern, 62235. If it holds true, we have him as Mr. Irrelevant in this draft, pick number 256 overall. I know this was a lot to kind of take in, but again, you find me another site where you're going to find a seven-round mock draft, especially before 2015. We just had the regular season end. We've had it up to five rounds. We expanded it to seven, 256 picks. That's what you're going to get on draft site. And, of course, we're going to keep up with this, and we're going to update it constantly uh, throughout the offseason. Not that there is an offseason in the NFL. But as we hear more and more players declaring, uh, we're obviously going to update our drafts, maybe a couple people we expected to declare that did not. And if it's like in years past where, where last year we had a record number of players actually declare, don't think that's going to be the case this year. Numbers were down for players who were actually uh, looking to the NFL Draft Advisory Committee to get their grades, but we're still going to see a number of players, a couple people we didn't expect that are going to get drafted, and we will adjust our rankings accordingly. I really, really uh, hope you enjoyed the show. We'll be back next week. Obviously, we're going to have a recap of the playoffs as we'll go into the second round. More bowl games. We're going to find out who's actually going to be playing for the National Championship by our next show. So make sure you keep tuning in to DraftSite.com. Tell all your friends. Uh, you find us in a number of places. And keep looking for this, uh, this mock draft. Again, it is DraftSite. NFL Draft is our specialty, and we have a seven-round, 256-pick mock draft. And we're not just throwing anybody up there. A lot of thought, a lot of preparation goes into this. And, again, um, I've worked with the NFL since the year 2000, uh, been to a number of drafts, and worked with a number of teams uh, specializing in small school prospects. So this isn't just some uh, 16-year-old with a computer who's just uh, throwing out picks out there, copying things from another site. You're getting the best information there, there is to offer out there on the web, um, people who do this 365 days a year. So really enjoyed it, guys. This is DJ Boyer signing off. Have a great, great week. And, again, uh, great year. This is the last show of the year. So uh, I guess I'll talk to you next year.